When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's fucking minging, that. I'll tell you what, that is fucking men against fucking boys all over the fucking park. Fucking weak as pissed they are. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rock Grammar 4 podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. That was horrendous. Sunderland, Sunderland lost 2-1 tonight to Shrewsbury away from home, having led the game 1-0. I'm joined tonight by Chris Wynn. Chris is raging, aren't you Chris? Fuming mate, that was a shocker. <laughs> I know, you can, I'm, I'm laughing, it's like a nervous laugh, I don't know what to come. <laughs> and also joined by a pod debutant today in Matty Crichton. Matty, how are you doing? Yeah, um, I'd say it's a pleasure, but I think I've picked quite a bad game to do the debut on. I think quite a frustrating one for all of us. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm in that zone where I just don't know where to start with how annoying that was. <laughs> it was just, we started the game well. We got the early goal, like we've done a lot in recent weeks, and just didn't capitalize on it. There was a number of occasions in the game where we had good chances, and we just can't kill teams off. And as was the case last week. Um, Jake Vokens was all over the place. I mean, I don't want to write write the lad off. I know he's only young and he's he's new, but I mean, his performance today was a deciding factor in the re- the end result. As was that of the goalkeeper Remy Matthews, who once again, for what feels like the twentieth time this season, made some howlers and they let the goals. And he was lucky actually that the referee, uh, sorry, the linesman, in fact, disallowed a third, which there was nothing wrong with. It was just a big concoction of of mistakes, wasn't it, Chris? It was, it, it was the, for the first time, and I said this to you off air before we came on. For the first time, I feel like Johnson's had a right shot of the night. Just everything went wrong. We didn't have a plan, and we were we were like a bunch of headless chickens. What's your take, anyways? <laughs> like you said, I don't know where to start, but I suppose like the the first eleven it is the probably the the most sensible place to start. And uh, I could I couldn't believe it when I saw the team. I just can't believe after. You know, we had that game at MK Dons in the Cup. Fair enough, they made a lot of changes, but, you know, we did as well. But, I mean, he had that, and then we went to their place and looked completely different when he changed the side again with Ledbetter in the centre with a, with basically a 4-4-2. And I know I heard on the commentary Danny Collins trying to say it was a 4-2-3-1 and people saying it's a 4-4-1-1 you know, and all this sort of stuff. It was basically a 4-4-2. And, yeah. and I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all, but you've got to have the players to fit in if you, if you're going to do that. And uh, led, I mean, we've seen Ledbetter how many times we could have told them this. You know, we saw him last season. Uh, you know, as soon as he came in, everybody saw when Jack Ross was playing him in a four. He can't do it. Um, and and I think he's he's one of the best footballers at the club, but he can't play in that system. And the the the, the MK Dons Cup game 
showed what we can be when we're you know we've got pace we're pressing we've got energy and I don't I don't understand Lee Johnson just going back to type I mean it's going back to these managers you know where you think they're just going back to type because they like the players or they've got favourites and things like that but he's only been here two minutes and I don't understand it I don't know why he's seeing us improve in a game and then going back to oh we'll go back to these players oh it didn't work mm. or let's let's give it another go I mean what does he think are we suddenly just going to click with the same players in the same system so I mean just just from the off I, I didn't I didn't get the first 11 I didn't get what Lee Johnson was trying to do. Hmm. Matty, what about you then? Are, are you, what, what went wrong? What went wrong the night? What do you think? What if you could put your finger on it? To be honest, I think first half was steady. I don't think we were exactly fantastic, but I think as an improvement on MK Dons in the league game, we at least were solid after we scored, and I don't really think they had too many chances. I think the main, obviously, decisive point was Matthews's mistake because I think everyone who plays football knows if you don't have confidence in your goalkeeper, I think it knocks everyone's confidence because mm. as a unit, you think if there's going to be a good shot, you're not as confident that he's going to save it. And I think it, it links to what Chris said about the team selection because... I think although Burgess had some question marks, I don't really think his performance was drop-worthy. And when Remy Matthews has been given chances time and time again, you just see a calamitous error. And he did get some clean sheets in the cup, but I just think you don't solve a problem with another problem. And to me, Matthews is a bigger problem. Yeah, it, it's starting to get to the stage now where I'm sat looking at it and thinking, what's, what's Patterson even got to do to get a chance? Because... Mm-hmm. I've actually stuck up for Lee Burge a bit recently and don't know if he still is, but he was, at, as of maybe like a week ago, he was top of the, the Golden Gloves League for, for League One. He was at, he actually had more clean sheets than any other goalkeeper in the league. But it like that didn't feel like it showed the true sort of picture. It's, it's as though it was sort of masking the fact that he maybe had a you know a bit of fortune, good defenders in front of him, etc., etc. But then that performance at the weekend, uh, he's obviously made a couple of mistakes recently and Matthews has been reinstalled. To be fair to Matthews, he had a good game against MK Dons in the Cup and I thought he was a little bit unfortunate to play at the weekend. So I can sort of see the, the reasoning behind him playing. But, I mean, it's just as though every time he gets a proper chance, he just makes a massive mistake. And you're right what you said about the um, not having confidence in goalkeepers. I mean, Bailey Wright's face when, <laughs> when he made that mistake, Chris... Yeah, was a picture when that 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 said it all to me. I've I've got it written down. Actually, he he turned he turned around basically. The, the looked at the ball, looked back at uh, Matthews, and just looked. But he just looked at him and went fuck's sake. <laughs> it just and and Matthews just turned away and kind of. But it was weird. Matthews' reaction was weird. He kind of jumped up and like as if kind of like he almost didn't look. And he probably was disappointed inside. And maybe it's a goalkeeper thing where he tried to just kind of shake it off. But I mean, for me, Matthews has done that too many times now. He's had too many games where he's made absolute howlers. And for me, that, that should be the last time we see Matthews in a Sunderland shirt. I mean, like you said, if if he's going to go back to Burge, then Patterson's got to move ahead of him because you can't, you just mm. can't trust Remy Matthews. He's had too many clangers, too many games where, yeah. he's, where he's cost us. I, I was trying to think of this before the game. I was going position by position and trying to work out, does Johnson actually know his best team? You know, in goal, he's swapping the keepers around all the time. Left back, he hasn't seen enough of enough of Vokens. He hasn't seen any of Denver Hume. McFadzian's injured, but he's terrible. Um, although 
on what I've seen of Vokens in the last two games, I would actually play him ahead of him at the minute. Um, that's how bad Vokens' last two performances have been. You go centre-half, Wright and Willis are obviously first choice, but then there's Willis probably out for the season. I mean, that did not look good tonight. No. There was no there was no real sort of impact, and he goes down in a heap. He's on the oxygen, getting stretched off. I think that might be the last time we'd see him. Hopefully not. Right back, there was bizarre before the game. The team sheet comes out. McLaughlin's yeah. in the team, then he's not in the team. Power starts. Power actually had a good first half. Second half sort of didn't really notice him on the pitch. But again, we don't know who our best right back is. Centre of the park. Ledbetter comes in. Plays again, sorry, alongside Scowen who comes in. O'Nine's dropped despite playing pretty well in the centre of midfield. He doesn't know who his best centre of midfielders are. Wide positions, okay, fair enough. We've got three, four, five good wide players who you can interchange, so I'm not going to complain there. Up front, he appears to like O'Brien and White, but we haven't got Stewart yet, so is Stewart going to play when he's fit? It's a, I'm just looking at this and I'm thinking, he doesn't know his best team, and it's like we're, we're experimenting, and we don't need to experiment in some in some cases. Like What what was the point in dropping O'Nine tonight? I can't get my head around well, but, it. I mean, it, uh, Gav, I was thinking this the other day, I mean, you're talking about, all right, what's our best 11? You know, f- fair enough, and, and completely agree with everything you've just said. But my issue is, if you go back and look through I mean, I might just be kind of a bit old-fashioned. I don't know football might have changed. But if you look back, look through all of our promotion seasons, even going back 30 years ago when we went up from the third division, you can it just kind of come straight off. You can talk about the partnerships. McPhail Bennett at the back, Gates Gabardini up front. Then you go to the, the promotion seasons under Reid. You've got, you know, Melville and Ord at the back. You've got Bracewell Ball in midfield. And then moving forward, you've got Quinn Phillips. You've got Johnson... And Mickey Gray down the left. You've got Mick and Summerby down the right. You've got yeah, yeah. Uh, Butler, Melville at the back. I mean, all these partnerships just roll off the tongue for Sunderland, you know, on these promotion seasons. I mean, you name one po- solid partnership where you go, oh, they work well on the left. They work well on the right. Yeah. They work well up front. We haven't got one single partnership in the whole team that, that works together and you can see them click. And, and And if you look back through history, our teams have been full of partnerships that have done well. It's just not clicking, is it, Matty? Going back to what Chris mentioned before when he was on about uh, the MK Dons match in the Cup, and one thing I thought was that, you know, Johnson's talked about high pressing and pace and power, that sort of thing, but he obviously went away from that with the team selection in the next game, and then tonight we had on the bench, obviously, Gooch, Diamond, O'Neill all came on, and they're sort of the players that inject that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was a bit confused looking at the team selection sort of on the style because... He's coming out in these interviews with about this high pressing style or, you know, getting being quicker on the break. But then he's not using the players that can do it. And I wrote in the talking points about Ledbetter, for example, that he's played I think he's played only Bailey Wright's played more minutes within him. And he just never rests him. And he's someone who obviously at the age of thirty five, you like no it's very rare for someone to play Saturday, Tuesday, ninety minutes and rarely come off yeah. when there's other players who can do it. He was he was fucking miles off tonight. Like I'm just, it's just frustrating because we're. I mean, we. Are, I used to. I used to get the same feeling when Parkinson was manager, and you used to see things happening on the pitch, and it would frustrate the life out of you. And you're like, what? What are you doing? What are you doing? We're we're all watching the same game. You know what I mean? We can see Ledbetter is struggling in a two. Why is he playing him in a two every week, every yeah. game? Just going, just going to Matty's point about style, and I was, I was 
Parkinson's biggest critic from the day he got. Um, I mean, you'll know Gav. I mean, I was on to him almost daily. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted Parkinson out the day he was appointed. But I'll tell you what, I'll give I'll give Parkinson credit for one thing. I mean, I might not have agreed with it, but I'll tell you what, half the time when you watched Sunderland, you knew that every single player on that pitch knew their job. And he, he had, Organized. yeah, and he had a style. He said, he said, right, we're going to play like this. I mean, I didn't agree with it. I don't think any of us agreed with it. Like that was the best way forward. But at least every time we went on the pitch, you saw a plan and you saw a plan being put into place. And actually you could see the work, but the amount of times I said, you can see the work being put in on the training ground that he, he's got us drilled into playing a certain way. And I'll give him a bit of credit for that. I didn't particularly like the way he had us drilled, but I'll give him some credit that he had a style and he, he had us playing the way he wanted to. I haven't seen that once from Lee Johnson. In that game, we were playing 50 yard diagonal balls from the back one minute and then trying to play it along the back the next. And I mean, fair enough if you're going to mix it up. But the problem was the players looked completely confused and, and they didn't they didn't seem to know how they were supposed to play. Mm. And then you look you look at, obviously, after tonight, we've got to go and play Doncaster at home. Doncaster, who are fantastic away from home, you know. Yeah, they've got the best form in uh, England, I think, lately as well, in all yeah. four divisions. I, I don't know. Did the, did the winner get beat tonight? I don't know. I think they might have got beat, actually. Yeah, they got beat. They, oh, the, as we speak, sorry, and this might have changed by the time we finish recording, but they're losing to Fleetwood <laughs> away from home. But oh, Simon Grace in favour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm just regardless of how they're getting on tonight. How, how do we, resp- how do we react and respond to that? And just, I mean, is this the type of squad? Is this the type of manager who gets a reaction out of these players, Matty? Do you think? Looking, looking at, uh, I mean, tonight was her- horrendous. Like, just a shit show because it. <sighs> I call it a shit show. We, we were actually in control for a little part of the game there and went ahead early and there were positives in some of the play. But to lose away from Shrewsbury, and it, it's not just losing, it's the manner in which we conceded those goals. And then the reaction to going behind was like we had no idea. Like I've heard him talk I've heard him talk in these press conferences and he's about how needing a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. If if we go behind what we're gonna do. I've heard him t- in fact he was talking about this um after the MK Don's midweek game. I mean, if that's a man if that's us with a plan after going behind, then I'm worried because what it felt like to me was we threw on Diamond, who fair enough, you know, gave us a bit of impetus, but it was almost as though Aidan McGeady just took it upon himself to try and get us back in the game. He was the only one who really looked threatening for, for large swathes of that second half. And then the other baffling thing for me was he brought on O'Neill, who scored in the last game from midfield and put him left back, which was stifling everything he could have added in that second half, having gone behind, you know? I mean, what? how do we react? How do we react to that tonight and, and put it into a, you know, channel it positively, I guess? I think one of the main issues which we've seen, well, throughout our entire spell in League One is that the squad doesn't have a winning mentality. I think we're still in this mode, which even you've seen in the Jack Ross days, where a lot of these draws come in because we go one up and we get complacent. We never act ruthless. We never, like you've seen tonight, they come out the second half and instantly sloppy and then we concede. I don't Mm -hmm. think we need to start when we're one up going, right, well, we need two to kill the game. We need that ruthlessness. That's what teams who win leagues do. They yeah. manage to grind. They they hold on to leads, but they also kill games, so then teams can't get back. You'll see with Sunderland, it's it's very rare a team's out of the game when they play Sunderland. It's always one goal in it. And psychologically, when you one goal behind in a game, you know you're always a mistake or a bit of luck away from getting back in. And I think that's why we've drawn the most games in the league, because we just fail to hold on to these wins. And there's not a winning mentality in that squad. It's, it's really complacent. 
you were right what you said there about about ruthlessness. I think there's just none of it there. There's not. There's nothing that. The, I, I I just look at how it's like McGeady is the only player reacting. You know, where's where is the ruthlessness in that team? I just want to I just want to come on a point that you said about Lee Johnson getting a reaction against Doncaster. I mean, my issue mm. is you're talking about what a one-off game against Doncaster or with getting beat against Shrewsbury. How does you know Lee Johnson? Uh, you know, get a reaction out of this squad, but. My my issue is, you know, we had a we had a manager with Phil Parkinson who we talked about. He had he had us organised, um, had us playing a certain way. Players didn't seem to like it. Few fell out with him. And Lee Johnson came in, and everyone was like, "Oh, you know, all this kind of business speak and all this sort of stuff." Where's the honeymoon period been? Where's the where's the players kind of raising their game? Because I tell you what, I I don't think you know you could probably say in a large percentage of the games, I don't think I've seen that much of an improved performance. I mean, you said we were comfortable tonight in the game against Shrewsbury. That was purely first half because Shrewsbury sat off us and let us pass it around. Second half, you you could see that they they were in at half time, and all they said was, "Lads, push ten yards further forward." And these are in trouble mm-hmm. and that's all they did second half they pushed 10 yards on, on top of us and we couldn't handle it and and talking about McGeady being the only one shooting every time McGeady got the ball you watched if you watch the game back he looked up as soon as he got the ball and there was absolutely zero movement ahead of him and mm-hmm. f- when he sees that he's only got one option he thinks well if nobody's moving for his I've, I've got to do it myself and that, that's yeah. been that's been part of our problem look in the first half in the second half especially our movement up front when we had the ball was just shocking I mean we've got we've just completely toothless because nobody nobody moves when when we've got the ball. Mm. Right, let's move on to the ratings then because I'm absolutely sick of. Uh, <laughs> I'm just sick of thinking about this performance, and we're going to go even deeper into it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start with Remy Matthews now. <laughs> half time, half time. I had him down as a six. Right, yeah, I, had him, I did as well. Yeah, I thought not a bad half. Command his area well. You know, saved everything he had to save. Wasn't really in any trouble. Um, what's interesting? Did he have a shot to save? Really? There was a couple. Of, there was a couple of team ones. Some steady it. ones, I'd yeah. say. A couple yeah. of a couple of team shots. Nothing. Nothing like you know threatening. Yeah. But what I wanted, I just want to point out is that I noted down at half time, uh, command his area well and saved everything he had to save with great comfort, which wouldn't normally be worth noting. But he's let some howlers in earlier in the season <laughs> from similar situations. <laughs> so it was your fault. Like, I, I am. I am a jinx. Okay. So second half. Remy Matthews decides, well, I'm going to show you, Gav, and there. <laughs> hold me, hold me gloves. Yeah, 51st minute, comes flying off his line, shows absolutely no authority, misses the ball. Curtis Mayne, who I think is about five foot six, heads it, flicks it over his head. The centre half, good following in, Ebanks Landell scores. That's totally on him. You know, I mean, you could probably you could probably pull the goal apart here. Well, he could have got tighter there. That could have been better. That could have been better. <laughs> Look. Once that ball comes in that six-yard box, it's a goalkeeper's area, and he should be claiming that. And, yeah, like we spotted on, uh, talked about before, Bailey Wright just gives him the death stare. He, you know, he channeled the feelings of every single Sunderland fan watching that because, I mean, I'm just... Oh, honest, I'm raging. Like, I, I hate I hate bad goalkeeping so, so much, especially at this level. It's like... We, we we had some bad goalkeepers in our past. We've had some good goalkeepers, but this is about as bad as it gets. He's he's like Lee Camp bad. Yeah, you know. The, yeah. The, so, anyways, full time I gave him a one. <laughs> I'd say he got a one for making that one save, and that's very 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 nice of us. And I think the one you haven't mentioned is the, the the third goal, which should have been. Yeah, obviously, yeah, Fuck, uh, yeah, totally yeah, the own goal. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, let's just let's quickly talk about that then. So, it, it isn't it. Was it a free kick or a 
it was just a long shot. Yeah, it was it was a wide free kick, and it looked like he sort of well, it looked like he got down and smothered it, but it must have went through him somehow. And then you see he rolled over it. Do you know what it's a bit like? It's a bit like like Sunday morning football, right? When the if the keeper has like pissed and hasn't turned up, <laughs> and someone else has to go in goal, and like they're trying really hard not to make a mistake rather than being good at their job. That's Remy Matthews. He just falls on the ball, and you like shit yourself whenever he does it because you don't know whether he's going to fuck up. Yeah. He, oh my god! Like he should never play for us again after that. And I, I don't care. Like, I know. I, I honestly, I feel like you're a hypocrite because I went on Twitter before the game and said I can actually understand the selection decision. I, I think he played okay in the MK Dons game. Um, oh my word! Like, how many times has he got to make a mistake? Like, Anthony Patterson is a kid, and he must be sitting looking at this and going, "What the hell have I got to do to get a?" Go on this team because the, the the keep as ahead of us getting chances aren't as good as me. Like, if I was him, I'd be like seriously considering right. I need probably fuck off out of here. Yeah. Even if it's a loan to a conference team, because if I can't get in ahead of this absolute clown, then I'm finished at Sunderland. Does anyone disagree with me? One. I think uh, a a thing I thought was ironic as well was that the um the mistakes all came against a team who had the other goalkeeper who were targeting in the summer. In a socket. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he was, was linked one, for yeah. the whole summer, and then Parkinson ended up opting for Remy Matthews, and I <laughs> thought he had quite a steady game. Yeah, that, oh man, I'm just fucking fuming about him. He <laughs> right, move on before I blow a gasket. Jake Vokins <laughs> gets better. Uh, yeah. yeah, Chris, you can have him. Jake Vokins. So, like I said, he's a kid. He's a young lad, but I mean, you we can't defend that. Like, can we? He can't defend. He can't defend. He's a fullback who can't. I don't. I'm. I'm trying to decide whether he's actually a fullback or a. I mean, I'm. I'm more thinking he's a left midfielder because when he's in the when he's in the opposition's half, he's got a couple of decent touches on him and he looks like he can hold himself on the ball. But I tell you what, as soon as he's in his own half and there's someone running at him, that's it. He's done. He doesn't. He doesn't look around him. His positioning's all over the place. Pfft, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got him down as a four, and I thought I've been quite generous, to be honest. I gave him a one. <laughs> well, there you go. I, asked I had on three, Twitter, so I guess I'm middle ground. Well, I went on Twitter and I asked the um, my Twitter followers, I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to rate this lad in the podcast, and I don't want to go so low that people berate us. Like, what is a fair score for Vokens? Because I can't think of anything that he did right. In fact, I've just thought of one thing. There was a little move down the left where McGeady cut inside and shot, and Vokens played a first-time pass, and that was all right. But other than that, my God... Just horrific. I think there was the moment as well where Chapman absolutely sent him down oh, on the wing, yeah. where yeah. he dove in and Chapman just absolutely blasted away from him. And I think mm, yeah. I think he's shown especially as well. Runners seem to be a massive problem. Like his position, he he got dragged way too close to the centre half and was nowhere near his marker. Yeah, and I don't know if Chapman is really quick, but he didn't seem to be. He seemed to be losing ground on him as well. He, he doesn't. I don't know. Can't decide whether Chapman is just really. Really quick, or, or Vulcans is quite slow, but he, yeah, he completely lost him in that race. I'm feeling like he's just a this is a young lad making his mistakes at Sunland. I saw, I, I, I guess that you should expect that because that's why that's basically why Southampton let him go. He's obviously got some talent or he wouldn't be playing for Southampton in England, but then I look at I look at that today and I'm just is it a mentality thing? Is he like shitting himself because he's playing with blokes? I mean, there was we, we conceded that goal because of him. The second goal, just nowhere near his man, loses him. The winger gets around the back of him and good finish, fair enough. But it's because Vokens is nowhere near him. And that had been coming. His positioning right through the game was terrible. And then a minute later after the goal, 
he's just lost his head by this point. He dives in and gives away a free kick on the on the byline, and then he was took off for all nine. I mean, it got it got so bad that he had to come off. When Hume's fit, I mean, I want I don't want to write him off like because he's played two games, but they've both been shockers, haven't they? Yeah. Um, it sounds sounds like right. Dennis is fuming in the background as well. Yeah. Oh, he's going off it. No, I'm not surprised. Yeah, he's been sat next to me watching that shit. Uh, <laughs> right, Bailey Wright then, Matty. Pretty simple one, I guess, for you. Uh, to, to be honest, I don't think the centre-halves were too much to blame tonight because I think the where the goals came, it was either the goalkeeper or we were exposed down the lines because I think the second goal, the cross comes from Max Power's side and then Vulcans loses his runner. Um, I, I think he didn't really have to do loads, but I don't necessarily think he played bad. I think the only thing I had down, I think he could have done a lot better with his offensive headers. I think there was a couple of chances in the box, which mm. he just did not do well enough. Um, I think I'd probably give him a five. I don't think he was good. I don't think he was shocking. So I guess a five's more of a middle ground. Mm, yeah. I think if he was a centre forward, you would mark him down for some of the chances he missed. Um, yeah, possibly with the headers. Yeah, and the, the only, to be honest, the only bit of bad defensive player I wrote that noted down was he got caught ball watching in the first half when Curtis Main got a header away which Matthews gathered pretty easily easily that was because he just he was just wrong side of him was literally caught ball watching but I gave him a six I don't yeah. know you Chris what do you get yeah I, I had him a six I don't think I don't think him I think you called it I don't think Wright or Sanderson had um, any kind of blame in the goals really and to be fair I think no. we look quite comfortable at the back I can't really remember them making all that many clear cut chances um, we only looked dodgy mm. off, off crosses because Matthews is flapping all the time so yeah, that, that, yeah. I thought Wright did alright yeah we'll skip past Willis it's pointless marking him because he was he was on the pitch watch two minutes so I'll go for Max Power then Max Power did alright first half I gave him a seven I thought there was a point in the first half where the ball came across the box and he read the play brilliantly to toe punted out for a corner. I mean, if he hadn't have done that, they would have scored. But second half, to be honest, I don't really think I noticed him on the pitch. He lost his composure a lot second half, I thought. I yeah. think he, he looked like he got frustrated and started diving in a lot more. Well, yeah, and that's that's one of it. I suppose because he's the captain, he probably feels a sense of responsibility when we're, when we're sort of like losing the plot. I thought his... Second half was indicative of the fact we just had no real plan because he was like charging around trying to sort of do something, which is difficult when you're playing right back. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you can only influence the game so much from right back. A tough one, really, with power. I think he he was he wasn't to blame for any of the goals. Like I say, he's just sort of steady performance. I would say, um, even though I wasn't expecting him to play, you know, McLaughlin was on the original yeah. team sheet and he ends up starting the game. So. I was I was just going to say what one quick point I wanted to make about uh, Max Power is uh, he needs to work on the training ground at taking throw ins. I, I kept yeah I kept he gave think, a couple of foul throws away didn't he? A couple of foul throws, but every time he took one, I mean I think every time he took one, the linesman could have given a foul throw because his his back leg was off the ground every time he took a throw in. He needs he mm. needs to practice them this week or someone else needs to take them for him. That, that's another that's another sort of mark against how just disorganized we were though, like. Your fullback should know how to take throw-ins. You're you're playing in League One. It's tin pot, isn't it? Just just shows how tin pot we are at the minute. You know when sticking centre midfielders at fullback and they can't take throw-ins and just adds to the mess, doesn't it? I used to coach kids' football teams, and if there were six, seven-year-old making foul throws, you would get frustrated even yeah. with kids doing that. This is a professional footballer. Yeah, that that needs to be ironed out. Ledbetter, Matty. Yeah, so um, I think with Ledbetter, Bar Matthews, he was the one I was really surprised to see in the team after he played 90 minutes uh, the other day. I think 
I was really shocked to see Onayan benched. And I think, again, Ledbetter just looked like he didn't have the legs. And like Chris highlighted earlier, I really do think he, he is struggling in that midfield too. I think he looks a lot better when he's in a 4-3-3 as sort of that anchor man where he can sit deep and he's got legs around him. But when he's sort of isolated and he's got more ground to cover, I think that's where he gets exposed and you see less of his game. Um, I think he did put some good deliveries in at times, but then some were a bit wasteful. But overall, I think going forward, he just didn't influence the game. And maybe because he was like losing that energy a bit, he couldn't get up and down to influence or he couldn't get on the ball as much. But I just found him quite anonymous, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In terms of rating, I'd prob- I sort of had him down sort of a five and a half first off and then sort of dropped to a four, so... Yeah, sort of borderline between four and five, I'd say. I'd, I'd I'd done the exact same thing. I had a five in the first, four in the second, and I noted down he was fairly anonymous. And I think I think we're probably suffering a little bit now because uh, Winchester's not fit. I think he might have played maybe tonight. Um, had had he been fit, because you can just see Ledbetter is not up to speed. He's not. This isn't the same Ledbetter who started the season so well. He's he's fell away again. I mean, there was a couple of times tonight where the, it was like a 50-50 where he had to stretch to, with his leg to reach the ball and he just looked so tired and mm. was nowhere near the play and we're exposing him in a two. I thought he, I thought even under Parkinson at times he looked exposed in a three because he just has... For him to be effective, he's basically got to play centre-half. He sits on top of the two defenders, picks the ball up, passes it five, six yards, seven yards, left or right and sort of, you know, gives them an option. That's his role. That's his job. Just not great from Ledbetter tonight. Yeah. But, I mean, we all know the problem with Grant Ledbetter. It's, he's, he's too I, I know on that, though, would you not be, if you're Dan Neal or one of the other players, would you not be frustrated? Like, if I was hmm. Luke O'Neill tonight, yeah. I'd be very frustrated to not start. And then also, if I was Dan Neal, I'd question why when I'm seeing someone, you know, he's 35, he's playing two games a week, 90 minutes, he looks visibly tired. Yeah. And he's meant to be, as Speakman says, the future of the club. Where are his opportunities coming from? Yeah. yeah. The problem is, in terms of Lee Johnson, though, it's a complete contradiction. You're asking the team to press and you're asking the team to press high. And then you have a midfield pairing of two. You have Scowan and you have Ledbetter and only one of them can press. So, mm. so you've complete, you've lost half your centre midfield who can't press the ball. And and Grant Ledbetter, when the ball's behind him, he's completely ineffective because he can't chase back, he can't catch people up, he hasn't got the pace to do that. He likes when when he was playing in that position that you, you've just described. When he when he had all the play in front of him, he, he could see what was going on, and he had everything everything in front of them. And when the opposition were coming, you know they were coming onto him, so he could react and intercept and and use his brain. But when they're in behind him, he's done for. He, he, he's not tracking back after that. And as soon as he presses, you know, even if it's just ten yards to try and press the ball, as soon as a couple of passes are in behind him, that's it. They're onto our back four. So I, I don't get what again I said at the beginning. I don't get. Lee Johnson's thinking he wants us to press, but then puts Grad Lent better in a in a two man centre midfield. It just just doesn't make sense. Yeah, while you're in mid floor, then Chris go on Josh Gowan. You can have him. Uh, I, f- I felt a bit sorry for him. Like I was just touching on that, I felt a bit sorry for him because he was trying. To, you know, it, the instruction is obviously to press because you can see O'Brien trying it. You can even see Charlie White trying to do it, trying to do it. Um, I'll say, but um, he, <laughs> you know, Josh Gowan, he was doing all the pressing in the middle of the park on his own, and they, they were just knocking the ball around him second half. You, especially when Shrewsbury kind of worked that out, and they obviously got in half time and said, "Look, these two in the." middle they're not they can't work together and just knock it around them because they want to press you but can't mm-hmm. first half he got through a lot of you know his work rate in the first half was brilliant 
in the second half, he just became ineffective when they got on top of us and, and pushed ten yards further further on us. So um, yeah. overall, I ended up having him as a down as a five in the end. Right, let's blast through the rest of these then. Um, Jordan Jones, I'll take him. I actually thought he played really well and I was surprised to see him go off. The Probably the most pleasing aspect of his game tonight was his set pieces. Just It was refreshing to see somebody take corners that actually led to things. Like We had we had a chance from um, Wyke, had, had one headed off the line, then it came back out to Jones and that got cleared. Um, and then I think... Can't remember who it was. I think maybe in Sanderson had a shot, it was, which yeah. was blocked. So that one was a good one. But yeah, we just some good set pieces from Jordan Jones tonight. And yeah, he came off early, and that's another sort of black mark against Lee Johnson because tonight I didn't think there was any real need to take him off. I know he's not played a lot of football, but he didn't. I didn't for one minute think he looked tired. He just looked okay, um, and he was brought off when we were at a point in the game where we needed to score. So, I yeah, I don't get it. So, but anyways, I gave him a seven. Um, we'll quickly move on to the next one. McGeady, Matty? Um, I think McGeady first half, I think all of the play went down the right. So he wasn't really involved too much in the game. But second half, one thing I did respect was that when we did go down, he looked like the one player who was trying to make things happen mm-hmm. and was at least looking like he wanted to find an equaliser. He didn't obviously test the goal massively or create anything massively, but I think if you were to pick in the second half someone offensively who was at least trying to do things, he would be that player. I think the one, he obviously had that one piece of skill, which was beautiful, uh, I think, down the line. But obviously you can't rank him too highly because there was no real end product, so I'd probably give him a six and a half. Yeah, I gave him a six for the first half. I thought he was more active in the second game, a seven. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said earlier on the pod, he was the only one sort of forcing the issue when we were behind. So, uh, And it's just a bit depressing that we're still relying on Aidan McGee to dig us out of holes in third yeah. season in League One. Um, O'Brien, Chris, he's yours. Um, I thought first half, I was quite impressed. Um, good good work rate. Um, he seemed to kind of hold the ball up quite well. But second half, there were... Him and White just disappeared. But throughout the whole game, my problem is with, with those two is that sometimes there's plenty of movement sideways and coming back towards our own goal, but there's never any movement towards their goal. There's never yeah. any runs in behind, on the shoulder. You know, they're, they're never, they're, they never run towards the opposition's goal. There's sometimes when McGeady's got the ball, Jones had the ball, you're thinking if one of those just runs towards the opposition's goal, they can be slipped in or at least give them an option or take a defender away or something. They, they just stand still and there's just no movement mm. and, and we'll look lost. But uh, O'Brien had to do all the, the work for, for Charlie White first half. I had him a seven first half, five second half and a six overall. Yeah, probably agree with that. thought he took his goal really well, but second half just didn't notice him on the pitch. And, and actually, there was one point where he, he sort of fell asleep at the near post and they nearly scored from it. Mm. Just to, uh, disappointing that the, the both the front players didn't capitalise on that first half. Uh, so yeah, I'll take Wyke just to follow on from that. First half, I was singing his praises. Good assist for the goal. You know, should have probably scored, had a header block on the line. Just his general hold-up play, work rate, touch, everything was brilliant first half. Second half, I didn't even know he was on the pitch. <laughs> just, yeah, just did not do very much. So with that in mind, I've given him a seven because I thought he was brilliant first half, very average, almost non-existent second half. Sanderson, Matty? Yeah, um, I think Sanderson was actually the best defender. Yeah. I thought, he, I thought he was steady. I think he looked composed. I don't think he did anything massively wrong. Uh, if I was him, to be honest, I'd be quite frustrated. I don't get more starts. 
Um, but I think one thing he's that's going against him is his flexibility because I think when he's on the bench, he's capable of playing right back, left back, centre half. So he's quite a good option to have there. But he just never seems to be trusted to start, even though he's quite steady when he plays. Yeah. Um. So to be honest, I had him down as a six. I don't think he did anything massively wrong. But he didn't exactly, you know, blow us away or anything like that. I don't have anything down massively that he did fantastically. No, there was there was a couple. Yeah, I just thought he looked composed. There was one or two moments where he looked under pressure and he would just done like this little like a little turn, then burst the pace to pull himself out of the air, out of a little bit of danger, and then plays it look like a lovely pass to the fullback or the midfielders. He's he's good at that. I've yeah, I've been fair to him as I think I thought he was probably the best of the defenders. I agree with you. So yeah, that's fair enough. I would actually probably mark him higher than a six. I give him a seven, but yeah. Uh, right, okay, Chris, do you want to take the three subs left? That's Gooch, Diamond, and 9 There's probably not much to say about any of those, really, other than maybe Gooch, who was terrible. <laughs> I th- yeah, I thought I thought Gooch is just anonymous, and like you called it, Gav. I mean, what what was the point in bringing Jones off? And then Gooch, J- Jones looked dangerous. He looked like he was giving them problems, and then he brings Gooch on, who you know, didn't, you know, you forgot he was actually on the pitch uh, for the last half an yeah. hour. So I had him down as a five. I thought, uh, I thought Gooch was poor. And, uh, Same, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Diamond on 9 I thought um, I thought they struggled to get into the game. Diamond had a couple of runs. He got shrugged off the ball a couple of times. A few decent crosses in from that side, so I gave Diamond a six. Um, or nine um, left back. I mean, of all the positions on the pitch, maybe centre half and left back are the two I wouldn't want or nine to, to be in. Yeah, I want him pushed further up the pitch. I want him involved. I want his energy in the middle. Um, so you know, I felt a bit sorry for him uh, and kind of gave him a six. Didn't do anything wrong. Majorly wrong there. Yeah, shouldn't have been there. Yeah, just we needed we needed his goals and sort of work rate and power and everything that he can bring to your attack. We needed that, and he was put at left back. Which it was he's, just depressing. He's, he's per- yeah, yeah, he's perfectly adequate at left back. It's not it's not that I had any problem with him per se. Him, it's the decision to put him left back when you're losing a game. Just daft. Uh, okay, man, the match. Uh, I don't have one. I just don't. I've, I've sat and thought about it and I don't have one. I don't know if anybody else has one. I had McGeady um, for trying. Yeah. If you, if John Jones for me. I think he um, showed a lot of class in the first half and mirroring what you said, I was really surprised to see him took off when he was the most dangerous player. Yeah, clutching straws a bit, aren't we? So we'll, we'll leave yeah. that one. Lee Johnson's rating. I've, gave, I've just put one out of ten. Shite. He's very lucky to get a one. Just tonight is the first time he's had a real, real shocker, I think. And... Um, I think this is the point now, lads, where we have to start, you know, judging him properly. He's you, you said it, Chris. He hasn't had a honeymoon period, but he's certainly had a bit of a, a sort of a, you know, a stay of of execution in some senses with the fans. Is that he, we've we've sort of let him get away with quite a lot, um, while we're waiting for things to sort of settle. He now has majority of his best players fit. He has his signings in. You know, Stewart's going to be available hopefully at the weekend. Tonight was the first real black mark against his name and he has to now prove that he's capable of managing this team into a promotion. Yeah, completely agree with all of that and I'm going to chuck a question back to you two. You know, you two rattle off what he's done right so far. Yeah, on the spot. <laughs> no, actually, I've got, I've got a good one on that, actually. Uh, you, you know, in, in some games, I've felt I've enjoyed the fact we're attacking more, we're getting more balls in the box. But that's very rudimentary stuff. I mean, I could have told the players to do that. Are we? Are we really? Uh, the big one's Charlie Wyke, though, I'd say. I think you've definitely got to give him praise for getting the best out of Charlie Wyke because Charlie Wyke's goal record since uh, Lee Johnson was appointed has massively improved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we're talking about very little 
I mean, obviously, getting your top goal scorer scoring goals is great. But Chris, you've got you raise a good point. Like we we probably are struggling to find things that are. I mean, we, like I said, we've, we're giving them a lot of leeway, and tonight was probably the first time where I've sat here and thought, you know, he, he has to he has to start showing why he was appointed now, and yeah, it, we we need to see a reaction. Yeah, it's what it's like four months or something. He's been in the job now, something like that. And I'm so I mean, people we've been talking about these players and. Things. We've said words like tin pot and all this sort of stuff, but this is a this is a top end League One squad in ter- on paper with the players we've got, and I think a manager with a bit about him, you know, sometimes managers just by their pure character, nothing to do with tactics, nothing to do with you know you know we're going to play this formation and you know this is how we're going to play and this is how we're going to you know play offsides and all this sort of stuff, just purely by character, getting the players by the scruff of the neck can get an improvement out of the players, and Lee Johnson's mm-hmm. got a worse points per game record than Phil Parkinson had and I just I thought I think a good manager would have gotten a reaction out of these players and Lee Johnson hasn't got it yet and I just hope he finds something whether it's a a formula tactically because he seems that way inclined rather than the man management way but he needs to find a solution quickly he needs to do something because um <laughs> like west I think people are, they'll start to turn quite quickly if uh, you know if if we end up mid table this season then he's been given a you know more than half a season to try and get us in the top 6 mm. any anything to add on johnson there matty uh personally i think the main thing i've took from today is that he needs to nail down the goalkeeper because I, I wouldn't think nail him down. He he's already, he's already terrible. <laughs> I wouldn't make him stand still on the spot. I, I think, as in, you know, there's been some slight positives and like a few. Obviously, defensively, we have relapsed a bit. As in, we look a bit more leaky now. Yeah. But I think we can't if we are gonna get promoted or either it be by the playoffs, which looks the only viable way at the minute. You know, he's got to get this situation sorted quick because if you're a defence, you don't want to see a different keeper all the time. Mm-hmm. You want to know you've got someone reliable behind you. And I think the big turning point in the game tonight stemmed from his poor decision to bring back in Remy Matthews. And I don't think he's gave us any impression that he should be number one. Obviously, Burge needs to improve as well. But I think I just think we can't go on tinkering with that because before that era, you know, we weren't doing amazing, but we were steady. And I think that really tipped the game over and we didn't respond well enough but those moments shouldn't happen full stop not mistakes of that magnitude and if they do happen there should be once in a blue moon but they're happening too often at the minute with the goalkeepers yeah I uh, I purposely left the three word review till the end because I want to quickly blast through some of these just to try and round off what has been a thoroughly thoroughly depressing conversation Um, (laughs) Martin Wanless says what's Kino doing Adam Bell waste of a tenner or waste of £10 G. Alderson, release Remy Matthews. Zach says, liquidate club immediately. Um, Jason Chapman, summer clear out sale. Jason Beat says, Burge will do. Mark E says, drain the swamp. <laughs> um, John Stacey's dad, Mick, he says, load of shite. Probably about right, Mick. Gabe Noble, play Anthony Patterson. Uh, Connor, he says, not a draw. Brownie, Stuart Donald's fault. Uh, bomber, <laughs> our bomber, says, Kirill gone home. Shower of shite. Matthews supports Newcastle. We've got three from him. <laughs> Mine and Canary says make it stop. Jane says no hope anymore. SFC Bronco says absolutely shambolic again. Paul Fletcher or Paul he says one game beaten. He's very positive, Paul. Every time we have a shit result, he pops up with something positive. He's saying we've only lost one a game away from home there. Fair enough, Paul. Yeah, maybe maybe in the morning we'll feel a little bit less depressed about all of this. Um Glenn Foster says soft as shite. Uh <laughs> John Guy says cab for Dreyfus. We haven't even touched on that. Um, but we'll leave that for another time. 
Uh, Colin Beveridge, a P45 party. James Fox's end the season. Benjamin Corsi's need new keepers. Uh, and we'll end on Darren Nord, who says, same old shit. Yeah, there's a Fair there's enough. a common theme running through all of those there. We've had a very, very bad night tonight. Mm-hmm. So we won't take up anyone any longer because we don't want to uh, keep rambling on about how crap Sunday are. So cheers, lads. Thanks for joining us. We will be back, obviously, before the weekend with the extra pod. I think we've got a Doncaster journalist on uh, who's going to be speaking to you, Chris. So that should be nice. And yep. we'll uh, hopefully hopefully he'll be able to tell us how brilliant they are and how shit we are. Um, <laughs> Easy one. <laughs> to press people even more. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, thanks, lads. Cheers to everyone for uh, joining us and we'll catch you all down the road. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.